0: Well, hello there, grown-ups. You already know that we depend on your support to keep making Bust or Trust, but we have some exciting news for supporters. If you
1: subscribe and support Bust or Trust on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, you'll get access to weekly subscriber bonus episodes with extra evidence, ad-free listening and early access to
0: all our episodes. But there's more you will now get a weekly newsletter full of fun facts book recommendations fun new words and a monthly coloring poster to print at home featuring some of the weird and most wildest mysteries we've investigated to support the show and get access to all these great goodies just click subscribe in apple podcasts
1: subscribe to patreon via spotify or visit patreon.com forward slash or trust podcast for more information visit our website at bust trust
0: unravel the world's greatest mysteries can you explain the unexplained and find the pieces to the most puzzling cases or are you the owner of the holy grail and you'd like to
1: know where to get a matching set of three more of them for when you have guests round
0: tiernan there's no proof the holy grail is real oh isn't there are you a myth buster or a myth truster I'm Tiernan. And I'm Athena. Welcome to Bust or Trust. A kids' mystery podcast. And And we we are are the Busters
2: or
1: Trusters. Trusters. We will be looking into some very strange stories from around the world. No mystery is too big for us. Monsters, ghosts and all kinds of unusual sightings. You know, like that time you saw your gran in the background of the news report.
0: Yeah, that was so strange. And the story wasn't even about that time they gave you sweeties without telling your grown-ups. Oh, did they? Do you have three pieces of evidence to prove it? Yeah, fair point. Unlike this show, where we will take a close look into all the evidence we can find and present the case with all the facts, figures and testimonies. Then it's all up to you, the listener, as you're going to be our chief detective. You'll work out what it all means and make up your own mind, whether it's an unexplained happening or a load of old bunk. Definitely the first one. Are you a mythbuster like me? Because, you know, there's always more to the case than meets the eye. Or are you a myth truster like me?
1: Because the truth is out there.
0: No, that's the bins. It's bin day, remember? Oh, yeah. Uh, We'll tell you at the end of the show just how to get in touch and to let us know if you're on Team Buster or, the best one, Team Truster. But until then, make sure you take notes, pay attention to all the information and start putting together your case. Here are a few thoughts from
1: all you out there, our chief detectives, on the last episode.
2: I'm Lana, an age eight, on the subject of the cursed village of Kudara, I am mistrusted because the kid handprints could have come from nowhere. There had to be a curse because there were no children around to make the handprints.
1: Yeah, thank you, Lana, Team Truster! The kid handprints could have come from nowhere. You are right, and that means it must be a curse. Thanks for all your voice messages so far too, Lana. You're so good at listening to all the evidence. I'm starting to think that you might be applying to be a Bust or Trust co-host. Though I'm not sure Athena would be happy about yet another truster to have to deal with.
2: I'm Freya. I'm nine years old from Santa Cruz, California. I think I'm a mid-truster because... If all those people could have disappeared in one night and no one occupied the village and toddler handprints appearing, the only thing that could have happened is there was a curse.
1: Yay, another Myth Truster. Thanks, Freya, for listening to all the evidence and then deciding, of course, that Team Truster was right. And Santa Cruz, wow. Do you live in the mystery spot in Santa Cruz, the funny house that seems to defy gravity? I'm very pleased I listened to your reply before it started to float away.
2: I'm Rudy and I'm seven years old. And I mistrust her because um, I just believe in aliens and any alien, I just believe in it. Because there, uh, there have been loads of sightings of little creatures, loads of people think they saw UFOs before, and people think aliens might be inside of the UFOs.
0: Rudy, you myth-truster. Okay, I hear you. We live in a forever-expanding universe, so of course, there might be aliens out there. I'm just saying, there aren't any aliens on this occasion. Hang on a minute, Rudy, you seem a bit confident about there being aliens. Rudy, are you an alien? Rudy, are you an alien? Hmm... I'm getting suspicious.
2: My name is Daniel. I'm seven years old. I come from Christchurch, New Zealand. And I'm a mistruster because I think it's a plesiosaur that is in Loch like
0: Hi, Daniel. How can I argue with you? You've used the word plesiosaur. That makes you officially smarter than Tiernan. In fact, I think we should swap you. I think you'd be really good at this.
1: The case. Athena, I am very excited to hear about our case this week. Go on. What have we got?
0: Well, I think you're going to really like this one, Tina, as we've got another curse. Oh, brilliant. But I've got to warn you, this one is
1: quite spooky. Well, look, Athena, like I've said before, it is a good job. I don't scare easily.
0: Boo! Ah, run away. Ah. Oh. Come on, not again! I'll stop doing that when you finally admit you are easily spooked. Well, you can't get as wound up as the mummies in this week's episode because it's all about the cursed tombs of the ancient Egyptians. Ah,
1: you know I love a good curse. Can you tell all our chief detectives who the ancient Egyptians were, Athena?
0: With pleasure. The civilization we call ancient Egypt began roughly 5,000 years ago in, you guessed it, Egypt. Egypt then was very different from the Egypt that we know today. Ancient Egypt was famous for many things, the building of impressive pyramids, their wonderful writing system of hieroglyphics and their many animal-headed gods. Animal heads? That'd be amazing. You could give yourself a pat. You might not want to if you're part crocodile. But above all else, the ancient Egyptians are famous for mummies. Ah, oh, well that is interesting, but don't most civilizations have mummies? Otherwise, who tucks them into bed at night? Well, that's the thing, Tiernan. They're not actually that kind of mummy. Mummy is the name given to people or animals who have died but have been preserved in some way. Preserved? Yes, preserved. Some civilizations, such as the ancient Egyptians, wanted to preserve the bodies of their dead, which means they wanted to stop their bodies from breaking down over time. They used different methods of treating the body to make sure that the skin and muscles remained for thousands of years after death. Athena, this is getting kind of gross. It might be gross to you, but to many civilizations, death is just seen as another part of life. And that was just the case in ancient Egypt too. They believed the afterlife was pretty amazing. And if people led a good enough life and were judged by the god Osiris to be worthy, they'd go on to live for eternity. But they also believed they would need their bodies in this afterlife, as it was the home of their spirit or soul. So that is why they preserved their dead bodies. So how did they do it? Did
1: they pop them in a jar like when you preserve pickled gherkin?
0: Uh, Not quite. It was more bandages and ointments, but it wasn't the same for everyone. The pharaohs, who were the kings and queens of Egypt, had a very complicated and expensive mummification process. They also believed they could take their belongings with them to the afterlife. So, pharaohs and rich citizens were buried in large tombs with lots of wonderful things, including beautiful clothes, statues, jewellery and even their favourite animals.
1: This is a lot of information, Athena, but it's so interesting. I bet it's fascinating looking in the tombs and seeing all of the treasures. But wait, isn't this episode about the curse?
0: Well remembered, some of the tombs had threats written on the side to warn people they shouldn't try to steal any of the treasures. Over the years, many people have found tombs buried under the sands of Egypt. Some people were looking for them for research, and unfortunately, some just wanted to pocket the amazing treasures. Yeah, and so many of them who dared
1: trespass on the tombs of the pharaohs have suffered the consequences of the curses.
0: Hold up a minute, you're getting ahead of yourself once again. Let's present the evidence to the chief detectives, and they can decide if the tombs are really cursed or not. All right. All right. Well, then I guess there's no better place to start than our first
1: piece of evidence. First piece of evidence. The terrifying curses themselves. As Athena mentioned, many people have tried to discover and explore the tombs of ancient Egypt. And given how long the civilization was around for, there have been quite a few discoveries.
0: Uh, I think I should mention that of all the tombs that have been discovered, hardly any had any warnings or threats written on them. Well, maybe those tombs didn't have any good riches in them, so they didn't need to have warnings.
1: But others definitely had some warnings written on. And some of these curses are pretty scary. For example, have a listen to this curse discovered by famous Egyptian archaeologist Zahi Hawass at the tombs of the Builders of the Pyramids in Giza. According to him, it said... All people who enter this tomb, who will make evil against this tomb and destroy it. May the crocodile be against them in water and snakes against them on land. May the hippopotamus be against them in water, the scorpion on land. I mean, that is pretty scary. Did you know hippos kill more people than any other mammal? Sounds like they were going to make a whole zoo come after you if you
0: tried. I mean, sure, no one wants that. But Zawi Hawas is still very much alive. He hasn't been attacked by crocodiles, snakes, hippos or scorpions, has he? Perhaps it was just a warning. You're right, but it's worth mentioning that after reading the curse, he
1: decided not to disturb the mummies. Who knows what could have happened if he did? He might have ended up as a one-man zoo display.
0: Mm, sure, but it sounds more like he had a guilty conscience. Many people have questioned and wondered if it's right to disturb the mummies when it was so clearly their final wish to be left alone. These are their beliefs, and even if we do not share those beliefs, we must respect them. In fact, Zawi Hawass himself felt that how mummies used to be displayed in museums was not very respectful, and he has since made sure that it is done in a much nicer way in Egypt.
1: All right, I can see we're going to need proof of the curse in action, and we have plenty for our second piece of evidence. Second piece of evidence the mysterious deaths of
0: those involved in the excavation of Tutankhamun's tomb. In 1922, the excavation, which means the digging up of Tutankhamun's tomb, was big news. Whilst Tutankhamun was not an especially famous pharaoh, his tomb had been pretty well protected from robbers, so there was still a lot of undisturbed treasure inside. The team who dug up the tomb was led by British archaeologist Howard Carter. The dig was paid for by Lord Carnarvon. Tutankhamun's tomb was a pretty big discovery, so there were lots of other people involved in the dig too. But it wasn't long before the people involved
1: started dying in quite mysterious circumstances. Lord Carnarvon was the first. He died just five months after the tomb was discovered and within weeks of its official opening. Spooky.
0: It wasn't mysterious circumstances, Tiernan. He died of an infected mosquito bite. They didn't know as much then as we do now about infections and how to take care of them. There wasn't even a curse on this tomb. Well, not that they actually found one,
1: but still the deaths continued. American visitor George J. Gould died almost straight after he went to the tomb of Tutankhamun in 1923. And in 1929, Richard Bethel, Lord Carnarvon's secretary and one of the first people to enter the tomb behind Howard Carter, was killed.
0: OK, Tin, and I admit that is a lot of deaths, but you're missing a very big problem with this theory. Howard Carter the man who led the expedition and who by all accounts treated the mummy with the most disrespect, didn't die suddenly or mysteriously. In fact, he lived for nearly 20 more years after he found the tomb and died at the age of 64. Not a bad age to reach in the 1930s.
1: OK, well, as we always say, it's up to the chief detectives to decide. And I think the final piece of evidence will definitely swing it for the trusters. Third piece of evidence. This final piece of evidence is really quite ghoulish. It's a gift Howard Carter gave to his friend, Sir Bruce Ingham, of a mummy's hand wearing a bracelet with the words, Cursed be he who moves my body. Apparently, Howard Carter thought his friend could use it as a paperweight. Well, I guess if your paper keeps moving, this would, uh
0: give you a hand? I'm sorry, but that is a terrible gift by anyone's standards and not very respectful at all. Like, whatever happened to the novelty mug? Well, indeed. And the mummy thought so too, because not long after, Sir Bruce
1: Ingham's house burnt down. And then when he tried to rebuild the house, it was knocked down again by a flood. And that right there is definitive proof of a mummy's curse in action.
0: Mm, It certainly is a strange coincidence, I'll give you that. But you know what I'm going to say, right? No! Howard Carter was the one who actually disturbed the mummy. Sir Bruce was the person who was just given a bad gift. If the curse was real, then wouldn't Howard Carter have suffered the consequences? Yeah, it is weird
1: how he kept getting away with it. And if anyone deserved a curse, Carter did for giving all the very worst gifts.
2: Bertie! Howard Carter! What are you doing here? Happy birthday! I'm here to give you a birthday surprise gift on your special day.
1: Uh, uh, Oh, no. Um, No, it's definitely not my birthday, Howard.
2: Then then why do you have a big banner saying happy birthday behind you? And were you about to tuck into some delicious cake when I burst through the door? Uh, I'm just practicing the big day. That's it. Just a rehearsal.
1: Definitely not a birthday. Please, please don't give me a gift. It would be silly to do that on a day that's not my birthday. So when is it your birthday then? Uh,
2: Uh, When? When?
1: The the, the, the 59th of February.
2: Oh, well, well, look, I've come all this way, so maybe see this as an early present from me, your loyal friend. Please, no, Howard. Every
1: time you give me a gift, it causes awful bad luck. Just after you gave me that ornamental screaming banshee mask, my dear dog Cedric Wuffington mysteriously disappeared, and I I swear I heard that mask burping. Oh, coincidence! Sadly, pets do just run off sometimes, Bertie. But he was oh so loyal, so strange. And then you gave me that monkey's paw to use as a bookmark, and my home became covered in a plague of locusts, which took ages to get rid of, and they ate all my curtains. Oh, you didn't wish for new pets, did you? I should have warned you. That will happen. And that round diamond you sent me, stunning as it was, within days of receiving
0: it, All my hair fell out being bald really does suit you look I'm very sorry but I promise this is just a nice gift this time for your birthday
2: really yes yes here you go a magnificent box of chocolates of all your favorite flavors oh wow caramel
1: swirls orange creams Howard thank you this is lovely, and I-
2: I'm so sorry I overreacted. <gasps> Not at all. Have a fantastic day, birthday boy, and I'll see you soon. Oh, and, and watch out. All of those chocolates are cursed by the spirits of ra grandma in the seventh dimension, and I had to get rid of them before my knees exploded. Oh, well, bye.
0: Toodaloo. What was that? Oh, uh, bye. These look delicious.
1: Oh, I, I don't feel so well. Oh, woo! Yes. Well, I think that explains
0: an awful lot and also gives me some great ideas for your next birthday. Oh, don't even think about it. Right. Let's put all the evidence together and do a recap for the chief detectives so they can decide whether the ancient Egyptian tombs really cursed.
1: Evidence recap. The first piece of evidence was the curses themselves written across several ancient Egyptian tombs.
0: But these curses could have just been warnings to discourage grave robbers with nothing magic or mysterious at all. The second
1: piece of evidence is the mysterious deaths of several people involved in the discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb.
0: The deaths did actually have an explanation. And considering the number of people that were involved and visited the tomb, it's actually not that many that died mysteriously.
1: The final piece of evidence is the big one, though. The cursed mummy hand that brought down a house not once, but twice.
0: However, the man who actually led the expedition and disturbed the mummy the most was completely unaffected. So, now we're handing it over to you, Chief
1: Detectives. What do you think? Are the ancient Egyptian tombs really cursed?
0: Or are they just harmless warnings? Are you a cursed tomb truster? or a cursed tomb buster.
1: We want to hear from you and what you think and whose side you're on, even though it's definitely mine, right?
0: Send us your voice notes with an explanation of why you're a myth buster or a myth truster when it comes to the cursed tombs of ancient Egypt.
1: All you have to do is ask your grown-ups to help you email us your voice notes to hello at bustortrust.com.
0: Tell us your name age what you think all the evidence means and please please make sure your grown-ups give us permission to use your voice notes in our next episode and as much as we'd love to we won't always be able to use all of them we can't find out the truth without your help and most importantly who's right me or athena me it's definitely me Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the
1: show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Amazon Music or wherever you listen to your podcasts for more great episodes. We love to hear what you think, so please do rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify because it helps more detectives to find, bust or trust.
0: We'll even read some of the reviews out on the show. Hey, Tynan, what's a mummy's favourite music? Uh, let me
1: think. Um, ancient Egyptian tunes with drums, flutes and stuff.
0: No, no, it's, wait for it, wait for it. Rap music, get it? Get it?
1: Because uh, of the
0: bandages, it's like rap music, rap music.
1: No, I don't, I don't get it, Athena. Wait, hang on, have you been cursed with telling terrible jokes?
0: I'll curse you in a minute.